Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. Ready. Here we go. Another edition of What's Good Under the Hood. To our top right, Greg Hood, owner of Boston of Columbia. To his, to his right, Fox Sports Radio, the one, the only, Rob Sanders, 1400 WCOS. My name is Andy, and today we're going to talk about, later in the podcast, we're going to talk about how COVID has maybe been a positive for the automotive industry. But let's start with, with chips. That seems to be what everybody is thinking about because it's really affecting every every part of the car the automobile industry, correct? Well, Lay's, you can't just have one. You know, that's what they say, Lay's potato chips. But I will say this to you. Um, Mazda's in a little bit different spot, I found out the other day. Our problem is not chips. Our problem is supplier problems. We don't have seats. Is that really? crazy or what? Yeah. You have so, seats? We don't. We're missing seats. I said, well, why don't you get some milk crates thrown in there and we'll do a good job seat belt them in. But the, <laughs> the point was, is that the Japanese or this particular company is not very reliant upon the chips that are coming out of China. And that's where a lot of the other companies had sourced them. And, and uh, Mazda in particular has factories that are in Japan. Well, in the beginning of the situation, one of the plants, and I think it was Bosch, but one of the plants that made chips um, actually caught on fire. And that created a problem, but it's fixed and it's back up and running now. So as far as chips goes for them, they're in pretty good shape. I mean, it's a little light, but they're in pretty good shape. But when I was discussing what was our inventory issue now, um, they were saying the biggest problem is seats, but there's other things. And the reason why is because stuff is made in Malaysia and Vietnam and wherever, and they have COVID problems. So they're completely shutting down plants uh, that make the stuff that goes into the car. So, you know, is there a problem in the chip world in the other manufacturers? Yes. But the cool part for us is I think we're, based on what I was told, and, you know, we're told lots of things that don't always come to pass here with COVID, but um, I think we're going to be one of the first to come out of it. And then as a side note to that, and, you know, Andy, you and I talked about it earlier today, is that, uh, you know, Mazda sales are up 34% year over year, where the industry is only up 13%. So, if we were what in they, a what does that what does that say? I think I know because we talked about it earlier, but for those who don't, what does that mean? You're 34 and they're 14 or something. I think 13 is right. the industry average. So and there's some other manufacturers are up too, but you know, they're always watching and competing against each other to see how much market share they can get. But when you look at the the size of growth that we're having at 34%, I mean, that's a third more cars Mazda's selling. Now, granted, that's a smaller number than Toyota. But or Ford or GM or whatever. But when you're making that kind of inroads into a market, you know, let's say they sold 250,000 cars. Well, now all of a sudden you're talking about 350,000 cars. So in a year, and that makes a big difference for the manufacturer and it allows them to be more creative uh, in development. There's a lot of things that happen uh, due to that. But it's it's really good news for us. You know, there's brands like Subaru that wrote about an eight year ride of you know, every month they had more and more growth. And then about six, seven months ago, it started turning the other direction slowly, but it's turning the other direction. And that doesn't mean Subaru dealers are doing bad because they're not. But, you know, they they kind of have peaked out where we're just getting warmed up. And then the best news is, is what new product we have coming. So we have um, a large platform vehicle. They haven't officially given it a name yet, so we'll call it that. But it will be... First of all, it's unbelievably beautiful. I've seen it. And it will be competing along the lines of, you know, the Tahoe or, you know, step above the Telluride, a lot richer car, great, um, 
motor, everything's going to all-wheel drive for one, which gives customers a better driving experience. And that doesn't mean you have to be in snow to have all-wheel drive. It means when you're in rain, you have better traction. And the way that Mazda set up their all-wheel drive units, um, it's it's a pretty darn a good way of doing it. So anyway, back to the chip thing. Yeah, it's impacting the other parts of the industry. We have our other issues, but we're going to come out of that quicker. They're saying by the end of December, uh, we should start filling back up and having more inventory. And, and if nobody else has cars, that'll obviously be an advantage for us to have people take a look at them. Other than you mentioned seats, uh, are you guys having issues with with other parts of the car, or is it just just no? The seat? It, it, there's all kinds of parts. I mean, think I I mean I use the term supplier. So there's there's lots of right. different things that are built by different places. That was just happened to be the ones that stuck out when he was the man I was talking to from Mazda was talking okay. to me. It, it, but that's a pretty significant portion. It's not like you can go yeah. sit them somewhere wait for a chip. I mean, it was a legit question. I get it, but you just can't go sit them somewhere. They can't even pull them off the assembly line if you don't have a seat in them. So they can't build. Them. I was going to ask. I know. I know. I know that they're sending cars with no chips. Just wait for the chips. They're not sending cars without seats, though. To sit in a lot. That, that's no correct. Chairs in them. Yeah, that's okay. correct. Well, and that that was going to be my next question. Is that uh, do you think that that people would have learned from this? That all right, look, maybe we should. Uh, possibly go about it in a different way as far as getting these cars together? Do you think that COVID may make the uh, the assembly portion of it different later on down the line? Oh, I think it is making them all rethink their supply chain. I think that it, it kind of, and I don't want to get political, but I'm going to brush on the edge of it. You know, there was a thought process of the previous president that was, you know, let's bring stuff home so it's made here and we can control it you know, whether it be medicine or other parts or the, you know, the way it is now is back to, it was all geared toward China and China's having some problems. So it's not just um, from a, what they're making standpoint, they're, they're having a problem because they have an energy issue, which will also then slow down production of parts that are supplied. So these manufacturers are now having to run around and figure out, you know, what they're going to do to fill those holes that they have. But, you know, I don't know if anybody's paid attention, but China truly is having an energy problem. And I was they, seeing that on the news the other day. Is it that they are not creating enough part? or are they no, using well, too much or what? No, interesting. You know, I saw a lot of their power comes from coal. And so they, they've, they partially they've changed toward, you know, uh, having a greener thought process uh, in uh, energizing their company, but they still are reliant upon a lot of coal. And what I did here, they got gotten a beef with Australia over the COVID issue and how it was blame game and all that. So they quit buying uh, Australian coal. Well, what I was told, and I don't know if it's the actual fact, but what I saw was that Australian coal is about twice as efficient and effective as the coal they pull out of China. So they're, they cut their nose off to spite their face basically. And so they have to have way, way more coal to get the job done. So it's a shortage there so therefore it's an energy shortage and they make the decision as a government just to shut it down and so these plants that are making all kinds of stuff uh will uh, be shut down wow yeah wow that's interesting i i I just i wondered that i just wonder if if things were going to change from uh the way that it was before because you know when you when you have something like this and uh we're we're what 18 months into the into the pandemic now, something like that. Right. And um, I know that things have changed at all kinds of industries. And I didn't know if maybe that was going to be the way it was with uh, with cars, because 
if you can do something where this can't happen to you again, I would think that's something that you would want to do, right? Yeah, I think that we're all working toward, toward it, but the same thing. But as I alluded to in one of the podcasts previously, that it's changed how we do business as a dealer. But we're pretty adaptive. So even though, you know, where I when I bought the dealership, we had 147 new cars on the ground. And as of yesterday, I actually had 23, which was a quite a bit. That was more than we've had in a while. So, um, you know, but we are still doing well. And, you know, our volume has decreased a little bit, not earth shattering, but it's decreased some. But people are buying cars differently. And, and so we might um, be more inclined to sell something that's inbound and they'll put a deposit, wait for it. It may change a little bit of how we do uh, business. But, you know, the our whole country, I think, has been rather resilient in getting around um, some of the challenges that we've had. And I guess unless you're in the restaurant business, you know, the. the they're in certain states. That's a little more difficult, but um, you don't get my well, fries right. It's silly. I want my French fries right. Let's go. That ain't gonna happen. Ain't <laughs> and gonna don't happen. ask for a McFlurry. So you're out. The shake machine's down. Exactly. That's that. So they're bringing the McRibs back beginning on November first. Did you hear about that? I am so excited, Andy. Big slabs the of pork. Mc- no, of gristle. Is it of, pork? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> of <laughs> fake, fake but, fat. Have you, as far as employees, you know, you mentioned our restaurants and and how, I mean, I've got friends that own restaurants and they can't get people to work at all. Um, are you guys having trouble finding workers during the pandemic? No. Well, I'm going to speak for my dealership. Uh, not right. really. Um, I, one of the things I do pride myself in is I think that I treat my people very well. So I don't have a high turnover rate. Not to say that we don't turn people over because we do. If people don't perform or they don't want to be there or whatever circumstance they got, illness in the family, you know, people leave there's an attrition rate. But when you treat people well, especially in our industry, which is kind of tight knit, um, you know, everybody who's in the car business knows somebody who works at some other car dealership and they go, hey, how's your manager treat you? Oh, he's a great guy, man. They treat us great. And, you know, we get a good lunch on Saturday or whatever it is, you know, and we, and we give good lunches. I mean, what the heck? Pizza, but, what, is, what is the favorite lunch among your employees? Amongst pizza? them? Oh, amongst no, we them, have yeah. steak and lobster every Saturday. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Actually, they're, they're kind of strong on Chick-fil-A, and they also, um, there's a soul food place that they go to, and I don't remember the name of it, and I've never been there, but I see them rolling in um, with the big container with all those uh, little white, things that they eat they like it it's really good stuff yeah. so they're and they do wings or whatever but um i do feed them uh, pretty well we're having an event uh, this weekend and there is uh we do a couple of days of uh, phone calls we send out a an invitation a mailer and then we back it up with calling customers and their own customers they're not you know cold calling people people that have done business with them with us and then we invite them to come in for this vip event and doing it. So they're working the phones pretty hard to let everybody know what's going on and get them excited. And I feed them a lunch and dinner. So tonight we're going to have uh, wow pizza. We had uh, we did have Chick-fil-A, I guess, for lunch. I didn't eat it. But um, but tomorrow I put up a bogey of how many car, how many appointments we set uh, today. And that dictates what they're going to eat tomorrow. So, you know, you got to have a little little fun with it all. And they're all great people. So but to answer your question. Um, I, I, there's a technician shortage out there, uh, and that has more to do with, you know, everybody's going to college instead of learning a trade. 
and and it's hard for technicians, you know, to I mean, they make really good money, um, but there's there's a lot of training, there's tools that they have to purchase. So there's an investment in what they do as a tech. So that herd is thinning. So how we treat our employees in the service department is even more important than how we treat them in the sales department, because you start losing technicians and your customers start losing their sense of humor real quick. You know, you can't get your car worked on. You're not happy. So. I was just thinking, you know, Greg's a nice guy. He's probably got him set up with, hey, you know, you you get this, you get Chick-fil-A, you get that, you get pizza. Mine is you don't have enough calls. We're having bread and water. Work hard, folks. That's why I'm at well, You wouldn't have any employees then, Rob. So and then you could be you could be answering the question. So how's things in the carpet? I can't keep any employees. It's terrible. I can't hire anybody. I'm having bread and water. Bread, bread and water for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> to give perspective to when we're we're recording this podcast, doing it on on October seventh. So, how is the progress of the new building, Mazda of Columbia? Just real quick, um, the metal portion of the service department. It's a, actually a metal building that will be covered on the outside, but it it arrived and they're starting to uh, get to the basic assembly of that. And then they had to go in and shore up the existing building because they're taken off the front portion of the roof, but to, so they didn't kill somebody, they had to actually go in and build something to unbuild something. So they're in that process right now because um, the front part of the showroom, most of it's going away and um, all the floor that was tile in there is now dirt. You know, they tore all that up and it's all changing. And, but the back of the house where the office was and the, um, and where my office used to be upstairs, which won't be in my office anymore, um, it'll actually be part storage where I used to sit, but um, it is it is staying and then they're b- kind of rebuilding around it. But it's coming along. We're right on schedule. We should. And I checked the schedule yesterday. We should be uh, in by early May with if everything works the way it's supposed to. I've got a big Halloween celebration planned for the dealership because we are in the month of Halloween. Well, yeah, we'll invite you down to scare the hell out of everybody and we'll be all set. You know, hand out some candy. You want to get scared here? Have a Snickers bar. Scarecrows don't scare people. Come on. That's true. He's a skinny man. Candy corn for everyone. I like candy corn. You know, you got to eat candy corn a certain way. You just can't throw it in your mouth. You got to eat each end of it. And then look at me. Which end do you go for first? The small end or the big end? Yeah, I think usually I go for the yellow end, the big end. Yeah. And then and you can do that two ways. You can turn it sideways or you can do it flat, but make sure your you know, your tooth scrapes it off where you have the orange in the middle have no yeah. yellow in it. That's expertise right there. Well it's you know what to do with candy corn when you get it, it goes directly in the trash. How do you guys oh, eat that stuff? No, I love it. And circus Terrible. peanuts. Circus peanuts are a win too. I'm telling you, that's what? not a Halloween orange. Why on the show? Yeah. But I don't eat the horse crap you guys eat, man. Orange My foam. No, this is stuff I eat when I was a kid. I'm not eating it now, but I like it. Sure. I mean, I look over and I see the bags of it. I I, I found it fascinating. Uh, my dad used to be funny, and, and when he'd see something, you know, made him like sick. His fake throw up was brack. Well, those candy corns are made by bracks. what's good under the hood greg hood rob sanders and me andy woods thanks for listening and or watching once again if you're only listening you can check it out on the mazda of columbia youtube channel